Hello and welcome folks to another edition of RSF Radio. I am your host Joe Monday and that's right, just Joe Monday today. No guests, we've been on a long line of guest episodes, a lot of people coming through the office, a lot of people on the horn, not today, just you and me, intimate show, time to get in, time to let me just whisper directly into your ear, no more bad discord audio, I know that's not technically the right way to operate a podcast, I get it, but you know how it is, you know how it is. Or maybe you don't. Maybe I should do an episode on the technicalities of trying to run an audio show. Anyway, folks, today is... Uh, gosh, what day is it today? It is July 26th. That's the date today. Uh, a little late recording today. I'm uh, going to be trying to blaze through these topics today. A lot of topics to, to talk about. Uh, by the way, folks, you're listening to RSF Radio. This is the show where we talk about what's been going on uh, in the week of our Street Fighter. Uh, which means, because we've had so many guests on in the past, gosh, it's been like four or five straight episodes of guest guest shows, that means a lot of news has, has slipped by. Granted, I like to bring up all of the the major topics at some point in those shows. However, uh, we might be reaching back. Uh, But also, a lot of shit happened this week. Like, this past weekend was kind of exciting. I don't know if you guys knew this, but there were were at least four events, four major events, but um, three ranking events, uh, and then one online MLH. But regardless, uh, let's start the show with that. So, what am I talking about? Uh, VS Fighting versus Fighting. Uh, that concluded. Uh, from all accounts, seemed like a great tournament. Uh, only good news coming out of that. Daigo taking it, taking the lead. Has 700 CPT points now. Uh, took it over Fujimura. Fujimura has been tearing up the charts. Uh, he's kind of the up and comer. I would look forward to his performance at Evo. Uh, that should be exciting because that's coming up in God. Oh my God, that's next week. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's so easy to just like forget about how time works. But damn, man, ah, uh, it's coming up so fast, and there's a lot to plan for. But Daigo took it in versus fighting, and a little something about this event that I want to bring up because I saw a post on our Street Fighter, and I was like, you know what? This is just good, wholesome fun. Uh, this was a post by Philly Bear, and I'm just going to read it in its entirety. Versus fighting was awesome. Ran into Problem X. It is on. Daigo, Bonchan, Justin Wong. I'm still the daddy, who I hung around with for a good couple hours. Top man. Moke, Momoche, Infiltration, and many, many more. Everyone was so polite. Talked about Street Fighter and other things. Had picks. Got Daigo's book and manga signed. Even in the midst of competition and a stacked tournament, they all made time for the fans. Thank you so much, and thank you to the countless others who played casuals and had general discussion with. Best gaming community by far, and that is true. That's just a good, wholesome post. It's just some good feelings. Oh, God damn it! Fucking new Reddit. Hmm. New Reddit is so bad. Uh, anyway, regardless, great post. Lots of positivity here, and just gets, I don't know, seeing stuff like that when someone's like, this is my first time trying to get out to an event, and I had such a great time, and they're all like this, as it turns out. Like, you can just go to them, uh, and, the, well, 
I mean, ranking events aren't, you know, everywhere, let's say. You, you might have to travel to them, but, like, even ranking events, this is just a ranking event. But guess what? Tons of top players, each of them having a good time and having a good discussion about fighting games and the games they love, because that's what the community is about. And just seeing stuff like this, it... Listen, folks, it's 2018. There's a lot of pain and suffering going around. It's hard to avoid. I get it. But, you know, it's got to hold on to things that are wholesome and good. And this is one of those things. I want to support that and promote that and just feel good about something. So please don't crush my dreams. Uh, next thing I want to talk about. Other results we have from Defend the North. Uh, Knuckle Dew was your winner. Uh, with Guile. Uh, very, again, awesome tournament. Uh, we got Knuckle Dew and Idom, which was cool to see Idom represent uh, the New York scene. That was pretty cool. Uh, regardless, uh, fun tournament from all accounts, again. Uh, but something about Knuckle Dew, this was the first time he's represented as Ghost Gaming. Uh, this went up sometime before, uh, not sometime before, like a couple days before. I feel like he's been teasing this for so long. Like, I think we can date this back to, like, gosh, months ago when he he would, like, tweet stuff about, like, had a photo shoot with Red Bull. What does that mean? Everyone was like, I don't know. You're not sponsored right now. Does that mean you're going to be sponsored by Red Bull? That I guess that makes sense. Uh, this is after he left Team Liquid. So there was a lot of hubbub and commotion. Not a whole lot of conversations lately uh, until he came out of nowhere and said, hey, uh, Ghost Gaming, pick me up. I'm with Ghost Gaming. I'm no longer with Team My Wallet. However, he will be sponsoring players from Team His Wallet uh, to go to Evo, which is incredible. Uh, he's one of the most giving and just he's a he's a good member of the community to be in a top position. I'll say that much. He is smart about the things that he says uh, on social media or otherwise, and also supports players who fucking deserve it so like just good on him all around good guy glad he got picked up by a team and is getting sponsored for these events other than team his wallet he can only ride on team my wallet for so long it's only gonna get you so far before team my, my wallet runs out of gas um but the other event that also happened this weekend that i want to talk about uh is the rage in japan uh, guess what? It's over. Done, done. It was a big team tournament. If you don't know what that is, I've kind of been talking about it on and off, but it has reached its conclusion. Uh, I believe that there are uh, VODs if you want to hit that up. You can catch Open Rec if you want to see what that's all about, what it was streamed from. Uh, but it concluded last weekend with Daigo's team ending in second he was in number one the whole time and everyone thought man he's got such a lead how could he ever blow this and then oh man team fujimura coming from behind with that victory very solid play uh and that whole tournament is just fun to watch team tournaments in general are very fun to watch um so highly recommend watching those vods uh and specifically oh we can run down like i guess you know what the standings were so it was team fujimura in first place uh and that had fujimura amomochi and mov Daigo's team, second place. Can't win them all, Daigo. Sorry. Uh, which was Daigo, Sako, and Bonchan. And in third place, number three on the charts, number one of my hearts, Itabashi Zangief. Uh, with 
Machibo and Gachikun. Uh, it's interesting to see them land in the third position because simply because of just the team composition that they have. It's, it's a little off kilter uh, versus these top tier, top tier characters that everyone plays. Because um, if you look at Fujimura's team, right? That's, you know, that's our team to beat. It's got a lot of solid players on it. But, you know, Zangief, well, not Zangief anymore, I suppose. But Abigail, explosive character. I do like it. Abigail's pretty top tier. He's not top five, but he's, he's pretty fucking good. Uh, regardless, something else that happened, a uh, little exhibition match afterwards was Team Japan versus Team Korea, which was just kind of a fun addition that I either didn't know about or didn't see coming, but also a fun little team tournament in addition to um, the team tournament that happened like over the course of like the last couple months. Uh, and Team Japan was Daigo, Sako, and Fujimura. And Team Korea was Infiltration, Punko, and NL. Uh, and Team Korea took it. So good on them. I mean, we just had Daigo and Fujimura on the same team. Bested by Infiltration, Punko, and NL. This is highly unorthodox. Although Punko is playing Abigail, and I think that that character suits him very well. It's the kind of explosive character with, like, pretty decent options uh, on Oki for most for the most part. So I think that makes sense, and he's fucking threat. And Minot has just been really working with Infiltration. Stuck with Minot during this tournament. Didn't change the jury at all. Uh, although he knows a plethora of characters. You know, you know how it is. But uh, that pretty much wraps it up for Rage, which was, by all accounts, a good event. But don't forget, when is that event? I didn't say at the start of talking about this, but yo, they took away a grip of cash. Uh, first place took away what amounts to basically like $55,000. It's between three people, but damn, man, 55, 55K? Solid earnings. Uh, second place walked away with 27, and third place was awarded 9,000. Lower end of 9,000. Uh, so, but shit, man. $3,000? I could walk away with $3,000 and feel pretty happy. That's, that's a good set, in my opinion. Uh, anyway, that about wraps it up for Rage. Uh, there are a couple posts on RSF if you want to get into that. But what else? Uh, there was... Uh, let me look at my notes. Sorry, folks. Uh, Fight in Rio. That's right. Fight in Rio happened this weekend as well. And guess what? Laura wins. Paulo. <laughs> Paulo Webb. What's good? Taking it with Laura. Uh, Laura hasn't won much in the past um, couple months. She kind of got hit with the nerf stick, what people say. Uh, to which brings me into this thread to tie it into that. Uh, by the way, congratulations, Paulo. Good shit. But how was Laura nerfed is the question posed by One Piece 12. One Piece, <laughs> okay. One Piece Twelve asks, "She used to be top eight, but you don't see her too much anymore. What what gives?" And I think that there are a lot of good responses here, uh, and I think that a lot of them make sense. Some of these I I don't agree with, uh, depending on who you're talking to here. But like you look at the changes from season two point five to three, it's like, well, she got the V trigger nerf, and that it went from three. 
or two bars, three bars. And it just granted she does have the buff health. She's got the thousand health, so like, but if she doesn't use that V reversal, it's like she loses that bar, and she doesn't necessarily have the defensive options of other characters. Uh, she only has an armored move to use on wake up as like a get off me, uh, but doesn't have armor till frame three. So it's like she kind of has to hold the defense. There's a lot of characters who have that, but she's she's one of them. Uh, and having a three bar V trigger, which is actually super useful, uh, kind of takes away her wanting to use V reversal as a defensive option. Uh, command grab nerf, nerf in general hurt her, uh, especially with that thousand health. Uh, guessing wrong could lead to full jumping combo from her opponent. Uh, she kind of got hit with the crush counter V-trigger nerf, but I still think she deals massive damage. Like, I'm not worried about her damage. In most situations, whenever she gets a stun, it's like, yo, this, this match is already over. You're already dead. Don't worry about it. Uh, standing medium kick was nerfed, of course. Uh... But I don't know. Like, the thing about Laura is that I think that she's still explosive in the way that explosive characters do well. Granted, her, her V-Trigger isn't as scary as it used to be. Uh, she still has to, like, guess correctly. And, and there are ways to... I think I've shared this on the podcast before. But there are ways to visually look at her, her current mix-ups, the ones that are, like, pretty straightforward. And see visually, like, if she cancels into the V-Skill early... Uh, that is cancels into V skill out of the thunderclap. She does that early. What side she's going to be on when you land? Uh, there's there's ways to see it. Uh, but with that said, uh, I don't know. I think she's a strong character in the ways that characters in Street Fighter Five can be very strong. Uh, it's one of those things where I don't think Zangief is a strong character in Street Fighter Five in the current version because he has problems. But he has a lot of the tools that would cause him to be strong or like has comeback potential. Like getting a knockdown and having Oki off of that knockdown is like super important to his game. And when he has you in the corner, his and he can follow up from his normal hit confirm, uh, it can be really fucking dangerous. Or like Armika, right? She pops that V trigger and boom, it could be all over leading to stun, puts you in the corner, like good corner carry, uh, and good like explosive damage off of V-Trigger. It's like, the comeback's gonna happen at like 20 or so seconds in, or like 40 or so seconds. It's actually, I think it is actually, <laughs> I say that, I'm like throwing out a number, but I actually saw a post, I think it was on Twitter, I don't know if it was posted to the sub, it might have been. I'm just not sharing it here. Uh, shared in that most matches in the CPT, it was shared on Twitter, uh, I'll grab it. Uh, can't remember exactly the name of who posted it. Like I see their avatar. You know how I like see their avatar, but like don't know the name exactly because it's some bullshit Twitter name. Uh, anyway, uh, posting to like what? What were the average round times in the CPT so far? It was I think it was like forty or so seconds, which totally makes sense for a character to like gain V trigger in that time and then end it. And then the match is over. Uh, but good stuff. Uh, good bits to dig into in this thread on why or how Laura was nerfed. But I still think she's competitive, as you know, we saw in Slings this last weekend's ranking event in uh, in Rio. Uh, so good shit. Uh, other things that happened. Uh, this was a while ago, but I do want to talk about this. 
Uh, so E-League happened a while ago. Not good with calendars, so I can't tell you when. Around the 15th or so. Like two weekends ago. Yeah, like two weekends ago. Uh, which, to me, feels like a fucking lifetime. Uh, regardless, what happened was, during finals, grand finals, there was a bracket reset. Oh no. Bracket reset. Momentum could change. Smug's momentum could change. But, they went to commercial break. And it was a... It was a longer time. It was a long time, if you think about it. And there was a lot of people on on Twitter and on the internet saying a whole bunch of bullshit concerning this whole situation. I know I'm like bringing it up again of saying, even bringing it up, I feel like I'm stoking some flames. And I, I'm not meaning to do that. It's like, to me, I, I don't know if if that matters so much to the players, right? It's hard to say uh, who can benefit in that situation. And I don't think either of them spoke out saying specifically if it did affect. I, I don't know that. Or like, you can't really tell, right? Or at least it's hard to tell. Uh, so at, at that point, I'm, I'm hands off on that. I'd rather not comment. But I will say something uh, that Brian F. actually had a great response to this, which I will absolutely bullhorn this uh, because I feel like this is uh, this is a good way of summing up at least my feelings uh, and a good way of looking at this and what happened. Uh, first, he I'm just going to read the thing in its entirety because I feel like it's just very well written. Uh, I'm skip the first one because it just goes on to congratulate Ely because it was it was a good event. It was a good event. Uh, however, he says the main issue I have with the bracket reset commercial break does not have to do with resetting Smug's momentum. Uh, I believe momentum in fighting games is a real thing, and a five-minute break is much more impact than a typical two-minute reset break. Uh, that's not the main issue. The main issue is the bracket reset is one of the most dramatic moments in a fighting game tournament. Uh, it's a huge source of drama that pulls the viewer out of the game itself and focuses on the players and the real humans putting on the show. This moment is where we get an insight to the mental state of the players. We can feel the gravity of the situation. It's not about a video game. There's over $110,000 on the line. That's pride. And there's, there's pride and there's body after body left on the wayside uh, to the peak of this momentum. And now, players who come in uh, with the clear advantage in the winner's bracket has this advantage ripped from underneath them. The loser's bracket player is running a marathon. How are they handling this? This is real, natural drama the show should be focusing on. Imagine we could see Smug give his knowing smirk to the camera uh, that he just cooked Tokido 3-0 to reset. Uh, then glance over at Tokido, who is deep in meditation. Smug then gives a knowing worried look. Um, he's only got... <laughs> he's only got his life bar in half. He's awakened phase two of the final boss. Tokido is perfectly still, doing his patented meditation, gathering himself. Smug looks back at the camera. Is this man serious? How long is he going to sit there for? The players have the chance to show who they are in this moment, and we, the viewers, connect with them. 
Uh, instead, we get another ad for Cheez-Its, defeating the heightened tension there was in the situation. Uh, but at least I know Cheez-Its are made with real cheddar cheese. So well written, uh, and you know, builds that whole moment, and that's so true. Like if like that would have happened, that's a storyline. Like that's something that people would clip and and sharing to say like it builds the character of these two players. Uh, it goes into play into that, and it helps build the FGC in general. Like it's like any time you ice a kicker in in football, the camera is going to be showing the kicker practicing. Like it. That's just what they do. Uh, there are ways to tell real human stories, and that was, you know, foregone by delicious cheeses. Granted, I am not paid to say this, but I could house me some cheeses. I do love cheeses. I, I could do some nasty business to cheeses. I could do some dirty things to these cheesy bits, and not feel the least bit bad about it. That's for damn sure. However. They missed a golden opportunity to, like, give credence to these very strong players. And for that, I will have to damn them. Uh, but again, congratulations on the event that happened, like, two weeks ago that we didn't talk about because there was so much to fucking talk about. Uh, what's next? Uh, so, this is something that I think new players will or can take advantage of. Uh, a lot of players, even players that I talk to... Uh, personally about how to improve coming from nothing into learning fighting games they say well like how do you start There's so much to think about and i agree and i'll send them the geese gym and all that stuff and it's all good if you're into reading or whatnot however some people don't do that i get it uh and this video series is from the perspective of someone who is also learning fighting games and they're doing it from like very basics which i think is I think there's something to say about that, of because I think there's something here with this video. Uh, I don't know if I entirely agree with all of it. I think there's more that you can be doing in, in training mode and whatnot. And this like series that uh, Press Button Win is doing, it's the name of the YouTube channel. Uh, there are things that they're doing that are very good. Uh, and this is not over yet, so I don't know what's I don't know what's to come. However, uh, good series. If what he does is basically say I'm gonna break down everything and I'm only gonna focus on six things: stand hard punch, back hard kick to anti air throw, walking, dashing, and crouching medium punch slide under fireballs, and like just slowly introducing new things and growing in the ranks of of Street Fighter. Granted, it's, it's super bronze to give you some reference, but like there's a lot of people who have trouble sticking with super bronze or going from super bronze to silver or where can that take you? Uh, and there's just those couple of things that, you know, will do it for you. You'll get some good mileage out of them. And he explains basically lowering the mental stack of things he has to think about in order to focus on and do well. Uh, and it's just like well edited. I don't know. I, I like the look of it. It's a good, clean look. Uh, He's making good videos. So I want to give props to Press Button Win. Uh, another person I want to give props to is Zafarino. Uh, dude put out a lengthy training mode. Uh, tutorial? Walkthrough? I don't exactly know what to, what to call this, but if you don't know how to use training mode and you don't want to read Geese Gym, I get it. Uh, dude breaks down uh, 
things you can do in training mode, uh, different things on how to practice in ways that are presented differently from other stuff that's out there. Uh, and it's, it's a lot of information. Uh, I mean, this video alone is hour 42 minutes. It's a long time. Did he annotate it? Let me, let me look. Show more. No, it's not annotated. Fuck. Did someone else annotate this? Hold on. Oh, no, he did timestamp it. Okay, there is a timestamp there. Never mind, folks. I lied. Don't worry. There are timestamps. It's all good. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Uh, covering things such as hit confirming, anti-airs, frame traps, and the like. It's all good stuff. Uh, and recommend watching if you like have watched that previous video uh, we just talked about. And you're like, well, I could use a little bit more. Here's your answer. If you learn from video, it's good stuff. Recommend it. Uh, what's next? Okay, uh, so this particular topic I'm bringing in. Uh, this question was posted by, scroll up to the top, uh, Red Navi. Defend Cami in this thread. Super not popular thing to post on any kind of social media. I get it. A lot of Cammies out there. A lot of Cammy hate because of how strong a character that she is and how strong that she shows in tournaments. Uh, there's a lot of stats going around showing how many Cammies there have been and how often you see her in CPT. I get it. She's a strong character. A lot of reasons why she's strong, of course. However, defend Cammy. Tell him, this, just a dude reaching out there saying like, hey, like, you don't have to come, like, come at me with things that are defensible about Cami, uh, and even though this this thread got downvoted to fucking hell, there's actually a lot of good conversations about characters and character balance, uh, things that you may or may not agree with. Like, but the point is that they're well thought out arguments, and it's not a lot of uh, of rhetoric that you t like that you would hear on say Twitter. So, like, you see someone say, like, oh, Kami's bullshit on Twitter. And you go, ha-ha, retweet. And, like, good on you. Of course you can do that. But in this situation, it's like, well, like, there's Stan Lightkick. There's not a whole lot of pushback on that. And, yeah, it's it's not super positive for her to, like, go up and, and walk up and throw you. But, like, it is positive. So you do have to, you have to check. Like, there's a whole, there's, there's nuance here. And I just want to encourage you, whenever things like this happen, even though a thread like this got down, but there was a lot of engagement here. Uh, not just bullshit. A uh, lot of long conversations to be had. Uh, some things may or may not be a little ignorant, but for the most part, a very, uh, very tame conversation about <laughs> how you would defend Cami. So for all you Cami players out there, for all you Cami players out there, fucking scumbags, here's a, Here's the thread you want to go to if you want to defend Cammy at your locals. And and do it from like a smart way. And not just, ah, no, she's pretty honest. But who am I to say this is what you should or should not do? Uh, what else we got? Alright, so this next segment. I know last week we had Dr. Weed, the Weed Doctor, uh, on the podcast talking about variable input lag. Uh, but if you remember, fuck, this might've been like two weeks ago. I actually don't know. Again, not good with calendars. Not at all. Can't do them. Don't look at them. Don't want to look at them. However, talked about 
a video posted by Sun Tzu uh, about Art of War, uh, about how the netcode works with whenever things get laggy at the start of a round, what's really happening, even if it's not actual lag, the game tends to insert artificial lag uh, because of missed frames, let's say, at the start of rounds. Uh, and this was kind of a response to that. It's kind of a new video by Digital Halftones. Uh, and what they did was had a PC and PS4 linked up and dropped the frame rate down to 10 frames per second. Start of the first round. Uh, and obviously, when you have you know drops in frames, you're going to have some... It's going to look bad. But what it did was it changed the input latency for the whole... Like, he, he bumped it back up to 60. So, like, it's running at 60 now. But just because the frame rate dropped, there was variable... I'm sorry. Just because the frame rate dropped, there was artificial lag introduced into this match in the netcode. And it didn't. It wasn't adjusting. It was just that round. That whole round was trash, just garb. I mean, he dropped down ten frames per second. I get it. But if it's judging off of that ten frames per second at the start of a round, so say you have a, a stage that has to do a lot of loading, and maybe you're not on a PC that can load good, maybe that's your situation, or maybe you're on a stage that the PS4 is like having trouble with, like a first era PS4. I don't know. Could be. There's a little, there's like a dip in frame rate. If there's any dip in frame rate at the start of the round, start of the round, round one, start. There's a dip in any frame rate. Artificial lag introduced into the netcode based on that frame rate drop. Uh, but the extra fun special secret is that because the game's been running, uh, no frame drops, end of. Uh, end of that round start of round two frame rates fine on both ends fine net code artificial lag goes away so i guess i mean that's obviously very bad that like something that at the start of the round can affect the entire round uh with this artificial lag and not you know, do some kind of mid match adjustment i'm sorry that's my dog if you can hear him it's probably the mailman or something uh if there's any kind of frame rate drop, artificial lag, whole round, comes back up to 60, start of the next round, no artificial lag, goes away. So maybe if there's some way to you know, adjust for that during the match, that could solve some issues. That could be a thing to work on. Uh, but if you're worried about all of the veritable ways in which Street Fighter V suffers from input lag and latency of any variety and kind, all mix and measures. There's a roundup here. Uh, latest article from SRK. This one came down. The, this is actually why I'm like I saw this come out as I was prepping for the show and had to dig into it and see what this was all about. Uh, basically, a roundup of everything that's been happening or things that people have discovered considering Street Fighter V netcode and input lag so this is this is a combination of the two uh which like these things so these things are not tied i can understand how someone can 
So I want to like break it apart here uh, before we even dig into it, because I can see how you can look at what we did last week with weeds uh, discovery of variable input lag and think, Oh, variable input lag could, could that cause the, the adjustment in the artificial lag in the net code? No, because if you remember the input lag has nothing to do with frame rate. Uh, it's just, it's a whole separate thing. So that's just, that is a whole separate thing. Also an issue. All of that covered in this SRK post. Highly recommend checking that out just to get a full palette of reasons why some things in Street Fighter V are broken. And at that point, I would encourage you to go vote. That's right. Head to the front page of our Street Fighter. And at the top, you'll see uh, the Street Fighter V community feedback thread. Uh, it's a poll. It's up. Go vote. Uh, locked it down to all of the topics that you, the community, have suggested, uh, and say, pick three. Pick three of these so that, and some people have said, I want to pick more than that because obviously I have more complaints than just three. I get it. But, it, it, like, just having those things on the list by itself is that people should worry about that. But, like, if you're a developer and people are only limited to three lines of feedback and one particular one has a majority of the feedback saying, fix this issue. This issue is the one that I care the most about. And maybe, uh, just trying different things. So we've tried it ranking the whole thing. We've tried it with just, you know, no rankings at all. Just like tell us what you want and then kind of doing a ranking afterwards, no voting. It's the whole process since 2016. Again, calendars. Back to my fucking nemesis calendars. All of that considering... It's just trying something new. Maybe if everybody says netcode, they'll fix the netcode. I don't know. I don't know. But there are people who have told me personally that they have a continued interest in us running this as people from Capcom uh, and that it helps these conversations that they have with Capcom and that it is good that we do them and continue to do them. So I would encourage you to continue to vote. And you know, if you care about, I don't know, if you care about the future of Street Fighter V, I feel like you have no reason not to there's really no reason not to vote anyway. Even if you hate the game, it's kind of like a hate vote. Please hate vote. I don't care. Uh, more numbers. I want th These are rookie numbers we're working with right now. I want to pump those numbers up. If you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Ouch. All right. After you're done voting, we can get ready for Evo. Uh, I'm not ready for Evo. <laughs> I'm going to have to like practice for a couple hours after this just to like so I'm not a fucking trash by the way doing any kind of like community involvement uh, or community organizing or anything like that uh, content producing in addition to trying to be a competitive player is like fucking impossible uh, so like man it's really hard and also having like a real man a real job a real people job one that has you working 12 hours four 12s and an eight fucking ridiculous uh very overworked very tired if you can't tell very sick uh if that's not coming across in the mic kind of kind of run down kind of sick uh wouldn't be surprised if i just like fainted at some point i need i have a fainting couch downstairs i've been meaning to to do a faint on at some point after work but just haven't gotten around to it no time i got time to bleed all right folks let's talk about evo Specifically, 
before we get into Evo numbers and the announcements with Evo, I do want to touch on something that came up uh, on Twitter. Don't know if it was shared on the sub, but I did see this being shared around in multiple news sources, and maybe this is something that you heard of and were cheesed about. You saw this and just ah, completely pissed off. Off your rocker. So mad, and I get it. Reporting was atrocious on this. Rabble-rousing to the fullest. Uh, a lot of reports said that Mandalay Bay was suing victims of the terror attack experienced uh, during the route. Should get this right. Uh, during that concert, couple couple months ago. Uh, let me get that right. Mandalay Bay. Mm. Okay. Regardless, uh, a lot of people saw that. Oh yeah, I'm not going to find this at all. And probably good to separate the artist from the terror attack. I get that. I don't know why I was trying to do that. Regardless, horrible, horrible thing that happened. Horrible thing that happened to those victims. But a lot of people saw this, these articles saying that Mandalay Bay was suing uh, these victims, which that statement is true. But what it lacks is any kind of legal nuance or understanding of the legal system which would account for why Mandalay Bay might be suing uh, victims from this terror attack. Uh, and to fully explain that, I'm going to give a brief explanation of it. I have these notes. I am not a lawyer. I'm, by the way, not a lawyer. Definitely not a lawyer. Uh, but looked into it, got some information, and I just want to bring this in front of you just in case you were like concerned about spending any money or time at Mandalay Bay and thinking these these fucks can go to hell. Uh, it's not it's not nefarious there is legal precedent for why this happened uh so here's the rough breakdown again super not a lawyer do not take legal advice from me ever uh so we got to go back post 9 11 uh after that after 9 11 uh people found it that insurers were excluding acts of terrorism from insurance policies which is a nightmare scenario if you or a loved one uh, fall victim to any kind of terror attack and find that there are no protections based on any insurance that you may or may not have or insurance that the whatever service you were going to like for a hotel for instance or any kind of building that would have insurance or protections for its um, the people inside of it it makes sense they would have insurance and pol insurance policies, but they were pulling terror attacks. And okay, so Congress passed the Safety Act, uh, and basically what this did was it had sellers of anti-terrorism technology to cover places which might be targets of terror attack. What that means in its entirety, anti-terrorism -ter technology might mean like uh, bag check or security personnel, uh, but it basically forced these places to have just, this is the business that is a provider of anti-terrorism technology, uh, and they take all of the, uh, they take all of the risk in the situation, right? Like, that's, it's on them as the provider of the security, so that the hotel or airline or what have you, uh, doesn't have that, and because, again, insurers pulling out of terror attacks, I get it. So if you are someone uh, who is protected by a seller of anti-terrorism technology and there is harm by way of terrorist attack, uh, 
you have to sue the anti-terror technology provider and you can't sue anybody else. That is the law in that situation. There is legal precedent for that. So what happened was people were attacked in Mandalay Bay. Instead of suing the technology provider, they sued Mandalay Bay. There's precedent for Mandalay Bay to say, well, we, we don't need to be sued. So what did they do? Uh, th- all they've done is brought a declaratory judgment on the parties who have sued them directly, uh, which is not like they're not seeking money. It's declaratory judgment. So what is a declaratory judgment? Let me read you this definition that I looked up. Declaratory judgment, uh, in this case, is just to ask the court to decide whether or not they have the particular, have a particular right and then declare that right. So they are asking the courts to say, hey, uh, we think that we're covered under the Safety Act. Uh, the sellers of the anti-terrorism technology who we employ at our hotel, they take the liability in the situation. Uh, there is law for this. Uh, could you look at it and declare that we have this right? That's it. Granted, uh, there could be negligence on Mandalay Bay's part. There could be some liability that they did have. For example, like if being able to open windows, for example, or something like, uh, I don't know, what do you have? What would a hotel provide that would just be ancillary to a terror attack but also help a terrorist do what they did on that day. I don't know. I don't know what those things are. I'm I'm not a detective. I'm not a lawyer. But there could be gross negligence. But that's to be decided in court. However, this particular instance of them being sued, there's legal precedent for them to say no. Uh, we the safety act is the thing. We do employ the seller of anti-terrorism technology, so they take the liability of that we would like the courts to declare against these parties who have sued us that this is the law stated and get like those people will be able to sue that anti-terrorism like those people aren't going to not get to be covered and be made whole they're not that part's not being taken away from them it's just saying here is you should really do it against so like our hands have already been washed of this legally like from all the way back to like 9/11 fine Again, there could be some gross negligence on their part based on any number of things. Uh, however, there is that kind of makes it sound a lot less nefarious than it was reported on. So if you only saw certain uh, alarmist tweets and you got riled up, uh, you can settle your jimmies down. No jimmies required to be settled here or to be riled or rustled, bustled calm down everything's fine so may if that's what you needed to hear to feel a little bit better about uh taking your business to mandalay bay then there you go uh but we can talk about evo now we can talk about fighting games again i am i should not talk about law on this podcast i am uh, that was i am not a smart man uh and i think that came across on microphone so there you go now, what we can talk about is Evo registration numbers. They were posted. Awesome. Congratulations. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, what's that? Um, a lot of people saying that, that they, they want to register. Uh, uh, registration's open again. Uh, new numbers. We have new numbers. Uh, here, here's the actual numbers. Uh, in classic FGC fashion, 
<laughs> after Mr. Wiz posted the registration numbers, uh, like almost immediately redacted and went, wait, uh, no, there's a lot of people saying that they didn't know when registration was ending. Didn't know, uh, so we're gonna leave it open for the rest of the day, uh, and then close it at midnight. That's what we're gonna do, which is just fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> like, of course the FGC is gonna do that, even though so many opportunities, so many chances, so many—it's just on blast on all social media. Like, how do you miss it? And then, and then only see it. I guess that's the other crazy part. Is like, how do you only see it whenever? the results are posted or the registration final final numbers are posted that's just oh man i laughed and i laughed oh i laughed again so funny uh but no change in in standings in in registrations no big swings however uh do you want to run down the list uh dragon ball fighter z top number of entrants uh ending at 2000 575 number two street fighter five at 2484 tekken seven pumping up those numbers biggest tekken tournament major uh, ever can i say i did i can i say ever or can i just say in like modern in modern times probably biggest tekken seven tournament uh with 1538 uh, Super Smash Brothers for the Wii U got 1354, and Melee got 1351. It's three players to play on Wii U decided not to enter Melee. Great. Uh, Blast Blue Cross Tag Battle, uh, 1178 for like a brand new game. Fucking tight. Uh, Rev 2 got 629, and Injustice 2, 363 registrants. Uh, pretty big numbers, uh, bigger numbers from last year, but not as big as 2016. Obviously, 2016 was a busted year. So many entrants. Uh, but I do kind of want to bring up, in this case, just because I did the math, uh, the number of people who signed up in that day's time for each event. Right. So the people who saw that. Like they use the final numbers. The registration is closed, and they went. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, it's, minute, give me a minute. Uh, so the number of people who did that in the classic FGC fashion uh, for DBZ, uh, forty-five entrants. That's one point seven percent of total entrants. Uh, Street Fighter Five. It was sixty-three entrants. That's two point five percent of the total entrants registered last minute. Tekken Seven. 34 last-minute entrants, 2.2%. Uh, Smash on the Wii U, 51 entrants, a whopping 3.7% of their total player base <laughs> registered last minute. That's buck wild. Uh, they didn't tell their mom about it earlier. They didn't get their dad's credit card that day. Uh, Melee, 49 entrants, which is 3.6, just behind uh, on the Wii U. Blast Blue Cross Tag Battle, 30 entrants, which is 2.5% of their user base. Uh, Rev 2, only 8. But that also made up 1.2% of their user base. And Injustice 2, 7 entrants, which makes up 1.9% of their player base. Uh, I'd, that's fucking hilarious. Smash, though. Smash. Why you register late? 3.7%. 
of your total player base registering late it's kind of buck wild um, and again I don't know if this is one of those things where many people register for many different events it's not crazy for someone to do that so I can't say that this is an additional like couple hundred people who registered late it could only be like I don't know a hundred people who registered late total it depends on how you play with the numbers but regardless just super hilarious to me that people are <laughs> even after like did social media so buck wild on social media I saw it all over the place the reddit fight the our street fighter tweeted about it a number of times uh, and that's just uh, SRK did a number of times event hubs a number of times this is your last day it's all over the place but man that's quite the numbers uh, pretty funny to me uh, but what's next that just about covers everything that I can talk about uh, during this time. I'm like physically exhausted. I gotta go down to the fainting couch downstairs and do a faint. Uh, but I do want to leave you with a question. Uh, typically, we end as you want to do the solo show. I like to leave in FGC history, but I think that there's a better question to be asked to the general community, which brings up a lot of FGC history, uh, which is what is your favorite Evo moment? This question's for you, from me. Uh, so reply to that in any way. There's a post on subreddit if you want to go and leave your response there, or if you want to just... Rep- How would you do that? I guess there's the YouTube archive. If you want to respond to the YouTube archive, you can do that. Most people listen to on the podcast, so hop in our Street Fighter and let me know what is your favorite Evo moment. Granted, it doesn't have to be about any fighting games it could just be something that happened to you at Evo or just in Vegas in general or some moment that you shared with someone from the community any number of things uh, I just want to hear some some good stories about Evo uh, and there's a lot of good things shared already uh, Liang says uh, when Infiltration picked Hakan versus PR Balrog that was sick and I am in full agreement definitely one of my top moments just watching that live was buck wild just that crazy character change and it's like wait a minute no i've watched this dude play hakan i've talked about this particular matchup before ages ago on in fgc history but history of infiltration running you like a two hour long set or maybe it was like a one and a half hour long set of just hakan and just bodying people it was ridiculous uh so i knew he had an hakan and not a great matchup for PR Warrog and what a what a pick, what a swing. Uh, Arma says there's been a whole bunch over the years, but one that really stands out in my mind is Uncle Valle beating Bonchan using Hugo in 2015. Oh, a good underdog. A good underdog win always sells, but this one was particularly great because Bonchan was on a roll. Because old school versus new school aspect and so on. Um, not about that last part, but uh, regardless, do that matchup. There's history to that one too of what Alex did to prep for that match. It's a terrible matchup. Hugo versus Sagat, trash. Man, what a good set. What a good match. Uh, Snake Eyes versus Cien, top eight uh, with a timeout. That was sent in by Riffic. Uh, Poetic Poet, Evo moment 37. Uh, for those who don't know, when I first saw it, I was still in high school. Oh, this is a good answer. 
uh, when I was <laughs> when I first saw it, uh, I was still in high school and not playing Third Strike, but I knew it was special, and I knew I had to go to that event and play Daigo someday. It became a life goal. The first time I saw Moment 37, that's the Daigo Perry, for those of you who don't know. Uh, and of course, that shows up. Uh, lots of good responses here. A uh, lot of good answers. <laughs> One of my favorites down here at the very bottom. Uh, when Eris had posse up to save no pants from the anime suite last year. Great story. Good lore in that one. Uh, go check that video. It's good stuff. Uh, Punk versus Tokido is represented here by Ghost Mug. Um, again, good storyline. Not broken up by a commercial break. That was actually one thing where after Tokido beat Punk uh, and he rated up immediately, I was like, it's over for Punk. Done. Take the two minutes, bruh. Just take it. Or at least, like, think about it for, like, a second. Could you take a second? He just looks so broken. You could see it in his face. It was the Cinderella story. All he had to do was win. And he'd already beat, he'd already beaten Tokido early in the tournament. Ah, it's a great storyline. See? Great storylines. Could be told through uh, good camera work and good commentators. Uh, but that's a show, folks. I'm done. I got a date with a fainting couch. Actually, got a date with my dog. I take him on a walk. He deserves a walk. He's been a very good boy. Um, but that's the show. We'll see you next week on another edition of RSF Radio. Of course, you can find me at Super Joe Monday on Twitter or Joe underscore Monday on the subreddit. Or if you just want to hit up the R Street Fighter Twitter account, just hit it up at Reddit SF on Twitter. Reddit SF on Twitter. And we'll be back next week. Mm. We'll be back next week with something. Uh, it will be a pre-recorded show because I'll be like mid-flight on Thursday for Eva. I'm showing up in Vegas next Thursday, leaving on Monday. Uh, so if you see me out there, uh, come say hi. Um, and if you... yeah, just Again, just to prep you for next week, probably going to pre-record a show. Don't know what that'll look like. Might have Gutex on to talk about something that is coming up. Uh, look forward to some announcements for Saturday during Evo. That's all I can say about that. Uh, that's all I'm willing to say about that. Uh, should be a very good time. Looking forward to it this year. And again, don't forget to catch the tournaments on Mondays and Fridays. And we'll be back next week with another edition of RSF Radio. But until then, folks, take care. And I'll see you at Evo. Peace.